What we do here is go back, 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 back. A very good day to all of you. Welcome to This Podcast is Delicious. I'm Ali Hassan. I'm Marco Timpano. And Marco, you, you, you're going to start with a buzzkill, I believe. Are you well, not? yeah, I, feel, I mean, like, I feel it. I feel like I feel something is off. What is it? Well, let me just say, for people who are just discovering our podcast now, because we rebranded, they're finding it. This is a podcast where we're going to talk about food and drink. And, you know, two comedians talking about that. So, so if you listen to last week's show, you would have heard my co-host, Ali Hassan, disparage the Moretti guy, the guy on the beat out of Moretti, on the, be- on the Moretti beer. You, <laughs> you threw out a racist stereotype. You said he was mafioso because it's an Italian beer. You're like, the guy on it is this mafioso guy. And I did I some research. I just hadn't seen the picture correctly. But anyway, tell me about your research, please. Your assumption He's a very was honorable a- man. Your assumption I thought was he was a shady guy with a with a beret covering his eyes, and I was like, "Well, it's weird that they have a mobster on a beer." But I like the your beer assumption well. was it's an Italian beer, so it has to be mafioso. No, there's and no I'm has here... to. There was no has to. But all right, tell me, tell me, you're here so... to protect the integrity of your people, and I respect that. It's not only my people, but it's like really my people because that beer comes from the northeast region of Italy, Friuli, where I happen to where my mom is from, right? Mm-hmm. So I happen to have close ties there. Now the where guy the, is, if you've never seen Marco Timpano, where the palest of all Italians come from. Anyway, but yes, exactly. Yeah. So so that area there has a real sort of South Tyrolean look to it, right? So the guy is actually dressed like a South Tyrolean or South Tyrol man, a farmer, right? So Tell us he's what got, a South Tyrolean means. What does it's, that mean? It's, Tyrol is uh, sort of uh, southern, southern Germany, Austria, northern Italy has this kind of Germanic look to it. Kind of like if you picture the sort of Lederhosen types, those those caps, those alpine caps, the dark olive green clothing. Right, uh, right. Oftentimes they'll be they'll have embroidery of uh, alpine flowers on it. So it's a traditional sort of dress of that area, right? And the story goes, and I got this right off Moretti's website that Luigi Moretti's nephew saw this guy who they named Baffo, and Baffo is a. a a word that comes from the word mustache, which is baffy. Baffo, baffo, by the way, great mobster name, huh? Well, That's my uncle Baffo. No, okay, sorry. I'm getting off track and I'm getting in the way of your correction. Yeah. Anyway, so Baffo's in a bar and this guy, the nephew of Moretti, instantly knew that this guy was the embodiment of the real values of the beer because he was from mm. the region. He looked at his, he had this big shaggy mustache, which I'll say that Moretti has changed the look a bit of Baffo over the years. So Moretti approaches this Bafo guy and asks to photograph him. And then he says, okay, Bafo, we're going to use your uh, photo. What do you want from him? And he's like, the beer is good enough, hmm. which I have to see. I think Bafo got, Bafo and his family got fucked over in this deal. Because, oh, you big know, time. He had no idea what was going to become of this Moretti empire, obviously. Yeah. Right. And now that Heineken owns it, I just, I just want to say to Bafo and his family, maybe now's a good time to really go out there and get what, what's due because that, <laughs> That's been on the label since 1860, that that particular wow. image, right? So I think it's time that Bafo gets what his dues are and not to get mm-hmm. disrespected by co-hosts like you who automatically that he's got, this he's got does, mafia ties. This does open up another debate. Uh, I like Moretti. You compared it to some kind of uh, donkey urine. So who's the real monster here? At least I respect the product. You don't even... You're pretending to care about Bafo right now, but really... 
you're like Buffo, you 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 attached your cart to the wrong disgusting beer. You said you have I want, no love for Italian beers. You said that I don't. I'm Italian beers. I'll always pass pass over. Uh, if I have a Pilsner or a, a German beer or a Belgian beer, I'll always take that over an Italian beer. But I want to I want to represent Bafo as best as I can. And I really think he he and his family are due some some, you know, compensation here. So I just want to I, I just wonder when you pick up a sauce, a sauce jar and they have like Mama Celeste on it or some other uh, Italian figure. Do you automatically assume they're mafioso or they have? Like, you mean you mean sorry. Mama, Mama Mafioso Celeste? Yeah. Yeah. Like like do you automatically assume all oh, these guys, they're crooked and, and put your finger to your nose and slightly bend it, you know, in the in the uh, signal. Of their, their, OK, listen. Their, it is a comment on how poorly I really examined the label. It just, I just thought it was a guy really trying to be in the shadows in a dark suit. And you look at him and really it's a celebration of a man with a mustache. That's what he, it is. He's just it's trying not, to nothing mobster about it. Yeah. He's just trying to get, drink a beer in a quiet corner of a bar and everyone from the company itself to you disparage this poor dude who's just trying to drink his beer in peace. That's all I'm going to say. To the great, great, great grandchildren of Bafo. My heartfelt apologies. It's a good beer. One day, uh, your compadre over here, uh, Marco, might even taste it and not spit it out onto the ground. Maybe. I, I'm going to teach you a lesson. I'm going to take you to Fiuli. We're going to go in the exact bar where this guy was drinking. You are, you and I are going to have Moretti beer and and cheers Bafo and his, and his descendants. From your lips to God's ears. <laughs> okay. If that's how you teach me a lesson... I am all for it. I don't think you know how the, the I don't think you're familiar with the term teach you a lesson because usually that ends in something negative. That's the best lesson I'll ever learn. That's I love it. Buddy, teach me all the lessons. Listen, all right. I'm, I'm wearing a cop uniform right now in case anybody's wondering. I know. I'm surprised I, you didn't bring that policia, up. Policia, I mean, you're, I brought up your paleness. I brought up your disrespecting of your own heritage. How many things can I bring up in this sure, short period of time? True. All right. So today it's a mini episode and we are uh, teaching people a lesson Yeah, in buffets. Not really. This is not a lesson. This is just sharing some thoughts and also welcoming your thoughts on buffets because they are a divisive subject. They were also, it becomes more divisive because if you're anti-buffet, presumably you're not anti, you know, small business. And there's a lot of small businesses, large businesses that have suffered in a huge way uh, if they ran at buffets uh, thanks to COVID. Buffets, some of them at least are coming back. Some of wow. them are coming back. If you're in Florida or Texas, they're probably coming back exactly the way they always looked or already in place. Some of them are coming back with, uh, you know, if you're in like Washington, D.C., for example, they're going to be adapted in, in, in a number of different ways, in a number of noticeable ways. And some are just never coming back. And we'd love your thoughts on that. But I want to start by asking you, Marco, I, I know where you stand on buffets and I know that'll come out. But I do want to ask, what is your first buffet experience in memory? Oh, wow. That's a great question. OK, so this goes way back. You know, my family, I, I would have to say as a kid going to a wedding that brings out the midnight buffet. So after oh, yeah. they've been served, after people have been uh, dancing and having a good time around 1130, they set up this sort of all these tables and they do this midnight buffet of seafood. I, I never understood this because it was like seafood and, and you know, sliced meat and, and savory things. And then right next to the seafood, the, whether they be lobster claws or, or, scallops on a half shell or whatever mm -hmm. there'd be desserts so you just get the seafood buffet merging with a dessert buffet mm. and as a kid i could never get my mind around it because i'd see people with plates and on the plate with a lobster tail would be a lemon curd dessert 
and some tiramisu. And it just blew my mind. I'm like, how do you put those two things on a plate? So I think from an early age, right. but I later knew you understood. Later in life, you understood what vultures your people are. And then you get, if I don't get the curd now, I'm going to come back after I finish my lobster and it's going to be gone because this moron from this table seven is going to have taken it. So you understand it's just great. It's just great planning, really. What it you know, I guess, but I don't know. There's something vulgar about that for me. And then later on, I worked at buffets. Like I worked in a restaurant like mm-hmm. when I was 16 and we had buffets there. And I would see how people would approach the buffets. And it, it reminded me of like, horses at a trough absolutely and just and sure, it was just it sure, just sure, was sure. once again vile and i would see how long because when you work a buffet shift which I'm, I'm sure you have they're long shifts right so you see some of that food moving fast and then you see some of that food just sitting there under heat lamps and in the boiling sternal water water and you're like mm-hmm. mm, stay away from that section what are your thoughts what was your first buffet memory well my you know, I probably have memories from before this, but didn't consider them buffets. Sure. Uh, what I really remember most vividly is my buddies, RJ, C. Hi, Terry, Craig, a bunch of us who knew each other from, you know, around high school era. We'd, we'd go out, uh, play basketball all day long in the summer. Right. So we'd start, we'd start actually relatively early, I should say. We'd try to beat the heat and start somewhere between, you know, 8 and 10 a.m., Sure. We play basketball until it was unbearable in the disgusting Montreal July heat to play any more basketball, basically two and a half, three hours. Uh, that's unbearable for us. We were hardly, you know, ultra marathon runners. Sure. And then we would go to this one particular buffet that and was not too far from the basketball court. And would you shower in between there or no. would you just, no. oh man, it just we gets, I shower. didn't think buffets could get any more gross. And now here they we can. are in Montreal. They can. Yeah. South Shore, Montreal, <laughs> in the in the early nineties, they were as gross as they could be. Now, you know, we would let ourselves dry off and this kind of stuff. Oh. I don't think we were visibly, we were visibly sweaty when we walked in. Uh, what we were were very unwelcome diners, and I remember getting very dirty looks from the people who ran the place because we would, but we just played basketball. We right. just played basketball, and we're teenagers. Sure. Imagine the appetite, right? And right. we'd get these dirty looks. And I always remember being like, I didn't put a gun to your head to make you open this business. And you know, when you open up a business, it's open to everybody. So you chose this. What do you want right. from us? You know, and we would almost go back in spite, you know, because part of you, should we go back to, um, I can't remember the name of the place, but should we go back there? And Sweaty part McGee's? of you went, yeah, Sweaty McGee's is what it should have been named. Part of you would go like, I don't know, they're, they're not really like, so this is a negative energy from them. And then we'd be like, no, you know what? Screw it. We're going back there because of that. Who do they think they are to give us that look when they, this is their, you set up this business. This is what you wanted. I didn't want this. You wanted this. Let us eat. So I have that sort of negative connotation with buffets from, from, a, from a bit of an early age. And then much like yourself, I was a manager at a restaurant called, uh, called Bombay, Bombay Palace, right. which specialized in, um, in an Indian buffet. And there was so much that was wrong with that place. I, okay. I can't even, you know, like, first of all, the, the owner, like I was the manager. So I would write the copy for various ads we were doing. Sure. And he would be like, write uh, uh largest buffet in Montreal. Make sure you put that. And I would be like, yeah, okay, but uh, Hey, we're not actually the largest 
buffet. It's the other place, Bombay Maharaja. That's a big, he goes, right, it right. doesn't matter. Nobody pays attention to that. I wow. go, well, no, if nobody pays attention to it, why are you putting it? He goes, no, just put it, okay? They can't do anything. So that sort of unscrupulous uh, business uh, approach also is associated with buffets. It's cutthroat, uh, man. Buffets are a cutthroat so section of of restaurants. So there you and and, yeah. and on that cutthroat note, you know, it was an Indian buffet, and it, you'd always have these people. So I'm the manager. So everyone comes right. looking for me. There's no chicken in the butter chicken tray. Right. Right. And then the kitchen would be slowly with man with with you know the owner's sort of encouragement, slowly bringing out the chicken. And there's like this back and forth war being fought over the butter chicken right. s- steam dish there where and it's, again, it goes back to like, you're the one who wanted this business. You say you have butter chicken on your thing. People obviously come here for that. And then you wait half an hour to replenish it, hoping people will fill themselves up on other stuff and not the, but I mean, I just don't have any sympathy for that. You know what I mean? Don't have the butter chicken. If you don't want to put it out there. I, I mean, it sounds customers. like you're having uh, butter chicken nightmares before your shift. Listen, there's another thing that I hate butter chicken. That's yeah, not okay. even real Indian right. food. Like butter chicken is a nightmare. And how many people over the, I don't know, almost two years I worked there. You know, I used to get to know some of the customers. A lot of people were like, um, you know, business people who would come back and visit Montreal every month or so. Somebody from New Jersey, somebody from Phoenix, whatever sure. their business Sure. Was. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, well, yeah, it's going all right. You know, still trying to... I don't know. Trying to get this weight off, and it's it's been tough getting the weight off. You just had, you just polished off an inc- a one liter of cream in this. You know, these are not people who are ordering off the buffet. Sure, but it's so you start your meal with a with a a lussy, okay, a thick yogurt based smoothie. Yes. Then you have butter chicken, a mass that should be three portions, but it's one, and you finish it. And you have like three nuns with it. And then you're telling me, like, do you not have any understanding of how the human body works? Anyway, butter chicken in general was a nightmare. It was a poor representation. Like, I mean, this is something that, you know, the kings of kings would eat butter chicken. Right, something right. with that heavy cream and this kind of stuff. And you'd have it very occasionally. Right, I mean, right. I mean, we we're running a restaurant where people are eating it three times a week and we're watching them, you know, sort of kill themselves. It obviously... Sure. Now, I have my own baggage. I come with my father had heart disease and I'm right, coming right. to work. The reason I moved back to Montreal is because of my father's health. I so see. I'm living with a guy with poor health and I'm just watching people left and right inflict the exact same thing about uh, on themselves because it is our right. 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 Which is a weird way to, I don't know. So I, much like yourself, working in a restaurant with a buffet will give you See, but we'll the, I think I think slightly. you're 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 kind of going on a tangent of the bastardization of uh, ethnic cuisine for the palate of the North oh, Americans, right? Because absolutely, this, like, these are these are two different conversations. Because yeah, I see that too in Italian food, where it's like pasta alfredo, pasta alfredo. I'm like, where the fuck? Like nobody re- in Italy, it's like it's a Roman dish, but it's not something that you get everywhere that you're ordering. It's not like the quintessential Italian pasta dish, right? But here in North America, it's like, sure. Do you have it on the menu? Do you have it with you know penne? And you're like, what? are you doing to this? this like just just the right. fact that people do stuff like that drive me crazy right i went to i have a i have a five minute joke on stage about this mm-hmm. i went to a place i you know what let me let me not put them on blast i've done sure. that enough for the last five years or i could just keep going who knows anyway it's a place on the east coast of canada it's an egyptian restaurant okay it has a buffet yep on the buffet 
is pad thai. Right. Pad thai at the Egyptian buffet. I mean, yes. it's like if you don't know how to cook enough dishes to fill your Egyptian buffet, maybe you know you shouldn't have a buffet. Yeah. I don't know. There's a pad thai. I mean, what are you doing? That and it's like a small town on the East Coast. Right. Right. So my joke is like you're going to meet people from that town who go, uh, you know what? We love Egyptian food. Ah, we love it, especially their burritos, because you're <laughs> poisoning the minds of people. You're completely confusing them about what food comes from where. This is your opportunity to introduce. So, yeah, that is a different conversation. I think the real conversation. Yeah. And, and, and of course, it's a weird conversation to have with an Italian when every single meal in an Italian home is basically Here we go. a buffet. Here, Here we, we go. go. Here we go. I mean, I, I don't know. Call me crazy. I don't like to have to negotiate for my exit from a from a table. That's, you know, when you're in an Italian house, eat, eat. I'm, I'm uncomfortable. I've eaten enough. No, eat. Okay, but actually Listen. now I feel sick. Eat. Actually, I think I'm going to vomit. No, I, I vomit. I'll get Listen, a load of this I'm going to stop you right there because that's not how Italians eat in their household. That's how we eat when we have guests over. So if you don't uh-huh. like it, don't come over to our house. But I can put money on the table that if I come to your house and your family's cooking, you guys are going to be doing the same thing. Eat no. more, Dates eat more. And you want more? And get the hell out of Do you want more butter in your butter chicken? No. That's what I'm going to hear from you guys. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? I will never serve butter chicken. In fact, home. I did eat at your place and the food just kept coming out. And I was like, Let's let's chill. And you're like, How about we try this booze? How do we? And, yeah. and you, know why, you know, you know, I keep out coming out? out. Yeah, it kept coming out. Because you're Italian, and I know uh, how you were raised, and I know what your expectations are. Oh, and I, I knew you were going to drive home and be like, Amanda, those people insulted me, <laughs> and I will never, ever go back to their home. Oh, my goodness. But, I think okay. what, we're really, what we're really talking about is buffets, germaphobes, nightmare, yay or nay. Well, yes? Is that what we're talking about here? Well, I think it's important to talk about this particular uh, subject in a post-COVID world, or hopefully we're getting into a post-COVID world, because it's not over yet, but there's some states and some provinces, some places where they, they don't think it exists anymore. Sure. And so these companies that are- Or ever did. Right, huh? right. Um, but there are some restaurants that are that are, you know, buffet restaurants that are starting to open and they have to, otherwise they're going to lose their restaurant. Mm-hmm. But how- do you approach a buffet in a post-COVID world? And have you been to one since COVID has happened? No, no. I Listen, man, I, I really don't. I don't like buffets. If you yeah. have a buffet, I'm, I'm probably not going to your restaurant. And, right. and yes, that has a lot to do with the fact that I worked and managed a restaurant that focused on the buffet. And some people, you know, when I say that, their thought goes to, oh, because of all the recycled food. No. In fact, not at all. No food was ever recycled to the point where I was sometimes like, maybe we could recycle. There was so much waste at night. Yeah. There was so, there were garbage bags that would hold like, you know, a, an entire block of trees, uh, you know, leaves from trees, like just filled garbage bags with trash going out yeah. because you couldn't predict who's coming in, how many people are coming in. In fact... You know, uh, Ali, it was my experience that the buffet wasn't recycled. But if you uh, go to a restaurant that has buffets on the weekend and then uh, regular service during the week, it's the Monday or Tuesday when it reopens that mm. some of the things that ended up that were on the buffet, let's say lobster tails, get incorporated to other dishes, like a lobster pasta or whatnot. Right? That's okay, where. Sure. But but I will I will agree with you 100 percent that buffets are one of the most wasteful types of food service I've ever experienced in, yeah. in the restaurant business. So, so that's where my issue with right. buffets are too. And now it's the same as you. I, it, 
you know, you, you were kind enough to say horses at a trough. We know yeah. who else goes to the trough. Yes. Fine. Let's go with the horses. You're a kind person this morning. You're feeling, you're feeling generous. It, I'll it does say feel it. Like I'll say trough. it. I'll say it. Republicans go to the trough too. Republicans go it. to the trough. Good for you. Um, you know, the Washington Post had, had this quote that, you know, the appeal of all you can eat food with no waiter there to judge your food pairings or your food quantity uh, means that buffets, quote unquote, offer public gluttony at an affordable price. So right. part of me is like some people can't afford to eat a lot in other circumstances. So the buffet gives in. And, 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 you know, that's not really who I'm talking about. You know, and I and I feel I, I should be sensitive to that in this uh, era of food scarcity and uh, and people who don't have enough to eat with the yeah. prices of all these other things going up. I think we do owe it a little bit to say, like, you know, we're not coming from a privileged I- I- ivory tower place where like right. you shouldn't go to buffets. But I, you know, it's the public gluttony part that that bothers me. Like we are like, what about the cost on our public health? What about the cost for 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 hospitals and society at large i think buffets do uh, you know they do good work in getting us a little bit closer to the grave i really think uh, you know i mean i know how i eat at a buffet i know how most people eat at a buffet and it's it's not great for society at large i think uh at least in in you know emphasis on the large people like myself right. who just can't control themselves in in a buffet and some people say like, well you're the one who can't control yourself right. you're the problem but but that's who they're appealing to right agreed it's Listen, called all you can eat i don't even care about that the the health of other people you want to go crazy at a buffet fine for me it's the grossness factor right i don't want to be in line with you that you've got your hands in the crab legs and you're sneezing in the Caesar salad and you've touched, you know, three pastries and put one back and moved things around and whatnot. It's like, I can't, I just can't deal with that. I can't deal with the grossness of seeing people with plates that are piled a mile high with different food combinations. To me, sure. that turns my stomach. Like, like I, I think the buffet has, tur- has morphed into this, just put whatever shit you want on a plate and jam it in your in your gullet however you want. And to me, those those variety of different flavors just make my stomach turn. I can't do it. I cannot do it. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we started this podcast with the idea of like, we are not food snobs. Right. Right. That's this is not about snobbery, but I think it's it's a tough one, right? So I was reading this article, talked about um about the buffet in in a very nostalgic way. Okay. Will they come back? What yeah. will they look like? So here, here here's the quote from that article. From Las Vegas's famed buffets to the neighborhood Indian restaurants in Jackson Heights, New York, buffets are more than just a means of selecting your own food and overindulging. They are a communal culinary experience that many people seek out as a special dining event where you can sample new foods and shamelessly take seconds on your favorites. Right. After all, where else can mac and cheese intermingle with Szechuan chicken on the same plate? From Chef Mickey's at Disney World to the salad bar at Sizzler, for many of us, that walk up to peruse the buffet is a strong part of our American culinary experience. And that's the biggest load of bullshit I have ever read. Okay. I mean, that is that is top of the bullshit. I've read some yeah. bullshit in my life. To wax poetically and nostalgically about buffets in that way. And to put Chef Mickey's at Disney World in there and act like that's something phenomenal. And then uh, we can shamelessly take seconds. Maybe maybe we should have more shame. Maybe maybe some more shame wouldn't be the worst. Look at where shamelessness has got us as a people. And finally, mac and cheese 
I don't think it should intermingle with Szechuan chicken on the same plate. I'm, I'm trying to teach my children about respecting cultures and respecting culture through food and respecting, um, uh, you know, a food. Uh, you know, for example, my wife and I had this big debate when she would cut pasta with a knife. She would cut noodles. I'd be like, what are you doing here? She's like, well, you know, we're not Italian. What are we? I mean, it's about respect for the traditions exactly. around food. And it was a big debate. And I was like, my friend Massimo is going to be here and he's going to leave in disgust one day because he's like, I'm sorry, your wife, I can't handle it. We didn't even we didn't even know what Marco was going to do with that. Exactly. Point. We well, didn't listen. know Marco. This goes back 10 years. Listen, I'm not here to shame anyone. People who want to go to buffets, Republicans, you know, uh, people who don't know how to put foods together. That's not what I'm here for. It may, might sound like it, but I will say this. I think we need to, in a post-COVID world, we need to re-examine buffets. Now, I have been to a buffet since, since COVID, and I was at one in a resort in Panama. And what mm. they did there, which I totally respected, was you could go up to the buffet but you don't touch anything on the buffet. There's a server there. You say, yeah. I'd like that. And they're gloved and they put and masked and they put whatever you want on your plate and then they hand it to you and then you go merrily along. And, that, and that's a Marco friendly buffet. Now. That's a Marco friendly buffet yeah. if I've ever yeah. seen one. But if I'm next to Joe Schmo and Sheila McGee and they're sneezing and farting and putting their hands in the middle of food that I'm going to be going near, I just can't handle. I just can't handle it. Yeah. I'll tell you what my issue is most. I grew up in a home where washing your hands before you eat, very important. Uh, I hope so. Yeah, that's listen, great. Listen, that's not, that's not, that does not go without saying. People, there's plenty of people who sit down to eat. Maybe they grew up in that home, but they certainly don't wash their hands. I, I've been, I've, I've had many dining companions. We get off the subway and into a restaurant and boom, they're eating immediately. Okay. I mean, that's, maybe you're stronger for it, but I right. love the idea. If I'm going to eat something with my hands, I want that confidence that I washed my hands before I started eating and so on. So for me, it's the common, uh, this, this, this mutual common collective possession of the spoons and the tongs and all that. I don't think as much about the sneezing and the coughing. Right. Usually there's those shields. I mean, right away, you're eating somewhere where there's a spit shield that that should be a red flag. It's but anyway, not enough. It's not enough. A spit it's shield not, is sure not is. enough. No, of course it's not. No. And, 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 you know, in the COVID world, how do you also make sure people are socially distant? And this, you just get sick in the lineup, right? People yeah. as they're crowding around there. My issue was always the, the spoons. Why I'm touching a spoon that between 20 and 100 people other uh, touch. So when you describe the Panamanian situation, yeah. which is a COVID, um, you know, sort of tweak. Right. Or upgrade is the word I'd use. I like that. Yeah. I like that a fair amount. And what still doesn't solve my waste issue, uh, which is, you know, we've been to three resorts in our life. I think I've talked about that on the yep. show. When you have four kids, I mean, I don't have the know-how to, you know, rent an Airbnb in downtown sure. Soyalita or Mexico City and then go grocery shopping and cook for my kids. I'll spend the entire time cooking in the end, right? It'll be a bit of an issue uh, where I don't get out and see enough of the right. place. So we want to break. We want to escape. We want it to kind of be like no stress. We've chosen the resort. And every time I'm like, I'm not coming back to a resort. Okay. And the reason is that food waste. Oh, okay. I just can't believe I'm taking, because you see, yeah. you know, you're piling things so high to impress people as sure. they come in, but think two steps later when this doesn't get finished. Sure. A savvy restaurant manager, a savvy kitchen manager will be making a lobster bisque for right. supper, 
But what about what after the lobster bisque, right? Like you, you can only do so much. Like Wendy's cuts up its burgers, turns them into the chili, right? It Great. does. Ah, oh, geez, I'm oh, sorry, man. Buddy. Why'd you make that face? I used to love that chili. <laughs> it's good oh. chili. It's still good chili. It's not like it's ten day leftover burgers. Wendy's prides itself on very fresh burgers, the ones that don't get made that day. They are still oh, cooked and put in the chili. Okay. This was this was the rumors back in the day. Maybe we can look that up and confirm it. Okay. But these were the rumors back in the day. Now, there's only so much you can do with that. I know people just to save costs, they will try. But also, you know, I like to I like to be at a place where I'm not aware Fair. that the place I'm in is working hard to save costs. Listen, I'm going to appeal to our audience. You let us know how you feel about buffets. Give us your tips. I'm sure we have people who love buffets and are like, they're just like the steam is coming out of there saying, you guys don't yep. appreciate a good buffet. I want to hear about it. But let me ask you this. As someone who is, I don't want to say anti-buffet, but who who doesn't have love for a buffet like yourself and myself, what do you do when a friend or let's say your wife's friend decides to have their important birthday at a buffet. Yeah. And you really don't want to go to that buffet. What do you do? Because I need those tips, my friend. I mean, I still go. Okay. Because I don't want to be that guy. I, I, I'll i tell a story about a you know a friend of mine who's like anti-Uber. Because why? Why? Because why? an Uber was going the wrong way on a highway and Ooh. then the person in the Uber got killed. I remember that. I remember I, hearing that in the news. Yeah. That, dude, how many horrific things have cab drivers done in this world. what kind of weird so now not only did he uh say can we take a cab and we had to walk three blocks on a freezing night to find a cab uh he made me pay for the cab which at that point i was like i, I don't like this but i also is this cj is this terry is this craig who is this who's making you do you don't this? worry about who this okay. person is okay. but they, they, <laughs> rj not cj but uh, those are those are the high school guys look this i'm talking about something a year ago I don't like to be the guy who's that guy. I can't right. take Uber. I'm sorry. Now, there's sometimes where you have your principles. You're like, guys, please, I can't do this. Right. But that's if I'm standing beside somebody and they go, dude, buffet. Let's go into right. the buffet. Right. And I can be like, hey, listen, yeah. how about we shift? How yeah. about we make a quick pivot and go to one of these other 10 places that are very close by? I know you want a buffet. Please do that with somebody else. But if somebody's already having the thing, there's only yeah. two options in my mind. One is you uh, go. Feign illness, break your leg, stab yourself no, in the shoulder. That's no, okay. No. I guess there's three options. Okay. There's three options. One is uh, a fake an injury. Right. Two is go. And three is I got to do this, 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 but I'm totally going to join you guys for uh, for drinks yeah. afterwards. Yeah. And so you come when everybody's had their uh, trough session, mm -hmm. trough fest. 2022 has taken place. Yep. You're there. Can I have a beer? Can I have a glass of wine? Whatever. And you're still part of the party, but you don't have to watch everybody uh, shoveling food in their face and, and, and you don't do it yourself. Here's my tip. If you're like me and Ali and you don't like going to buffets and you have to go to a buffet because of whatever reason, obligations and whatnot, approach the buffet as you would ordering a meal. So for me, what I'll do is I'll go up once and I'll take a few items that would be considered my appetizer round. Then I'm going to go, I'm going to take a few items that are going to be con considered my first, my primo or my main course. I'll go and I'll enjoy those and I won't overdo my plate. And if I have to, I'll go back one more time and get another thing that maybe I was mm. really enjoying. And then I'll take a break 
and then I'll do my dessert round. I don't feel like I have to maximize the $22 I spent to be at that buffet by overdoing it because ultimately you never enjoy that meal because you go home and you're like, oh, my belly, I don't feel so good. Oh, it's just buffet pains. It's like no one needs buffet pangs or pains. Mm -hmm. So I try to approach it like that. And for me, it's a much more civilized thing. And if I see a huge line, I'm just going to be like, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy this drink, enjoy the company, wait till the line dies down, and then I'll approach the buffet. That's me. So you have uh, reminded me of two things. You yeah. reminded me of how much I used to go to buffets as a young person right? <laughs> before I worked at one. So I actually have a hot tip for the oh, buffet great. lovers. Yeah. You probably already know this. You mm. should know this. But a real rookie move is to grab a plate and saddle up to the buffet. The way to do it, take it from a guy who's put some time into this, this, this buffet world. You get up and you take a stroll of the entire buffet so now when i say entire like i don't mind a small buffet two by four you know like eight places a small one is part of the sun that doesn't offend me as much i'm talking about these massive places that exist only in the buffet world take a tour take a tour immediately you can be like i won't be coming here won't be coming here don't need that that's not great i'll probably have that later all that scoping right right you're basically auditioning your food. You're, you're the casting agent for your own food. Uh, it does serve you well, rather than being like, oh man, there's like a couple of things I really wanted, but now I don't have space on my plate because I took all these other things and all that. It also eliminates the waste that you yeah. yourself are creating. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just a smart way to, to, to do buffeting. I'm sure people knew that one. I would argue they- too, that if you're a little bit more considerate at the buffet, the buffet manager is going to notice that. At least I would notice that when I was when I was working a buffet, the people who knew how to approach a buffet and I would serve them and I would be happy to serve them. You would you like a drink? I would always go to those people because they always seemed a bit more civilized. So you don't have to you don't have to take our tips. But if you if you kind of incorporate some of the things we mentioned into your approach to a buffet, I think it might serve you serve you well. Also, is it weird that the fact that we've said buffet 30 times has made me kind of want to go to a buffet again or? Listen, I'll tell you what happened. I was actually at a friend's house in Ottawa uh, uh, just a week ago. And my friend Harminder, he's an, he's an older gentleman. He's my uncle. I call him an uncle. Fantastic chef. Uh, has a cookbook. Uh, oh, had wow. a cooking show when he lived this in Saskatoon. Phenomenal chef. He told me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up this, the, the name of a place. It's called the Mandarin Buffet. It's yes. You know, pretty, pretty big here in Ontario. It's what nightmares are made of for me. It's a... So, I, you know, my kids sure. every three months. Can we go to Mandarin? Yeah. Because we went once because they were harassing me. They were hounding me. I'm like, fine, we'll go. Now, the thing is, Marco, I eat more than my kids did. They right. they walked away feeling fine. Right. I'm the one who walked away feeling awful. So I'm like, oh, should I hold that? So I always grapple with this. Like, why don't I take it as an exercise? We go once every two years. Okay. Uh, we do. I, I thought it was over. I thought they were never coming back. But anyway, uh, we take it as an exercise in... Um, Self-discipline for sure. Papa and the kids enjoy themselves. But then I'm like, no, yes, no. Anyway, Ma- Harminder, who's a fantastic cook, he goes, I like once a year or so, I go to the Mandarin. I'm like, right. you? Right. You of all people. He goes, I'll tell you why. He goes, and I'm no fan of buffets. Okay. But Mandarin, what they do, first of all, you know what you're getting. Right. There's no like surprise. True. What it is. You know, you have your five, six things you kind of want. I don't usually have deep fried crab legs. I don't usually have this. Right. I don't really have this. Number two is. The food keeps coming out. They're it's constantly true. replenishing yep. the buffet. And so I feel like in the world of buffets, it's a great, you know, you're not getting day old stuff. You know, they pride themselves on refreshing. And all of a sudden I was like, maybe I should be a better father, you know, take these, 
ding dong kids of mine to, to 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 a buffet this summer. So it might even happen, and then we'll can, talk about that. Can I ask you a personal question? Oh, geez. And, you and, and, and this is, I, I know you're a bit of a miser. So for me, this is like, I'm really riding the line here, but, but let me ask you this. Okay. Ali, you take your kids to a buffet, you take them to a restaurant. Where are you spending more money? I'm just curious, like, is a buffet cost effective for, for families or do you end up spending about the same or more at a buffet? I'm just okay, curious. First of all, that's not a personal question. That's a math question. Yeah. Okay. Which is worse than a personal question. Cause I, I don't, I'm not good at math. I don't. I don't actually know. Okay. Let's say the okay, so let's take a guess here. Let's sure. say the Mandarin is 20 bucks a head. Is I think it's more, but sense? let's just say 20 bucks just for ease. I think it's let's like 40, 49. Okay, 25. Let's say 25. What did you just say? 49? I think it's I think it's that much. I'll look while you're, you're while you're doing math. Me. Okay, you okay. look at let's say it's 25 a head. There's six of us, that's 150. Winds up being pretty pricey. Sure. Uh, because of who my kids are and what they eat, right? Now let's say we go to an Italian restaurant probably share three pizzas and a few other things and for some appetizer. You know what? It's not that pricey. Probably it winds up being about the same thing. I think it's on par, but I also invented 25. So you're about to tell me how off I am. on. Okay. So my bad brunch is 24 99. So 25 bucks. Dinner is 34 99 at Mm. this particular uh, Mandarin that I looked up. So my apologies to Mandarin. If I, if I uh, gave our listeners a bum steer, they're not listening uh, FYI, but also they stopped listening as soon as they saw what this was about. Okay. Okay. As soon as they got your negative vibe, they were like, we're out of here. So don't worry about them. But I will say that 35 is too pricey for a guy like me okay. and for my kids. They're only going to eat five things because they're like, I don't know what frog legs are. I don't sure. know. Right. Because this is not a meal where their father's like, I want you all to eat this. I want right. you to try this. This yep. is it's a buffet. Go do what you want. Sure. I'm not micromanaging my children at a resort or a buffet of yeah. some kind. Right. So they're eating what they want. So they're not eating that much. They're certainly not eating, you know, that amount worth of food. Right. And then I. In my attempt to reel myself in, I'm also not eating a lot. Like I'm for sure not having dessert. I'm probably not having salads. I make fantastic salads at home. I don't think I need a salad from the buffet. Uh, I'm not having like a pasta salad, potatoes, all these other things that are there. I'm very like calculated. I'm I'm going for the things that I maybe cannot make at home or that I enjoy once in a while. Still not 35. Now, instead of having five chicken wings, I'm having probably whatever. 15, which my, my body doesn't need on top of the other things I'm eating. So I'm still making huge mistakes, but I'm not eating a a huge variety of stuff. Right. So maybe the brunch, maybe we go for the brunch. Okay. See you there, Marco. See you there, my friend. I'm just making a note to myself, wash my hands before I eat with Ali. Yes. Uh, So I'm just making some notes based on what I've heard on this podcast. Uh, Listen, I'm a big, I will say this, as much as I'm not a big fan of buffets, and this will be the last thing I say on it, I I like the table buffet. In other words, if it's me, your wife, my wife, um, you know, RJ and all your other friends from that you played basketball with, and we're having, uh, you know, a table of six. I have no problems if we all order a dish. And at the table, we make it a buffet and everybody takes from the six family dishes. For me, style, as for, it's me known. Yeah. for me, family style, that's a thing of beauty. That's what I like. I agree. I okay. agree. Now, the reason that's a thing of beauty typically is also because you know and trust the people who yes. are at that table. I think it comes down to trust and it does come down to uh, recreating the shared dinner experience that we've all grown up with, but in a restaurant, nobody had to cook. We all get the same experience, but nobody out of our group had to cook. So it's nice. It's relaxed, right? A family style in a a restaurant. I'm a huge fan of that too. Um, 
I would like to know what people feel about the buffet. Should it return? Is there a place for it? Is it not as wasteful as I think? Is it worse than I think? Is it worse than what Marco thinks it is? We'd love your opinion on this. Next episode, we are going deep into Olive World. That's right. Marco, uh, you and I are going to talk olive, uh, olive uh, oils. I'm, I'm going to talk, talk about... about- Olives, olives in cocktails, fistful of olives is what and I like to call it. Yeah, cocktail. yeah, 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 yeah. Which is great. So if you don't like olives, I mean, listen, okay, focus. Yeah. Let us help. Help us help you. Exactly. I, I have a couple of olive haters in my world. Oh, do you really? I, yeah, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. You know which olives I hate. I hate the olives with the pits in them on an Italian. Oh, beer. oh, oh. Okay. Oh, so, oh, my, oh. I, so for next week, my buddy Dave Camacchio told me a story that I said yes. to him. I'm going to tell on the air to you with regards to olives. So, so Dave, thank you. We're going to go see a show at the end of this month, and I'm going to next week. I'm going to tell that story to you, the olive pit hater, and hopefully I'll change your mind. That's where I'm going to leave it. So, Dave, so, Camacchio. so this is a cliffhanger, man. Dave, is- I, I hope you can help me, but I, I, I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm helpful. What's the word? I'm, I, I'm, oh, I'm you're not helpful. helpful. You're not helpful. Uh, you're a little bit more helpless. <laughs> I'm more helpless. Uh, thank you so much for listening. This has been a, a mini episode of This Podcast is Delicious. I'm Ali Hassan. I'm Marco Timpano. And at 40 minutes, I don't think it's a mini, but I'll let you have that. Oh, that's list. right. Oh, my God. We went on way too long yeah. about buffets. Uh, where can people find us, Marco? Our last, our final thing. Thank you. So you can find us at on all social media. This Podcast is Delicious. If you want to email us, this podcast is delicious at gmail.com. See ya. See you later.